In 1955, a 17-year-old left his home in Colorado to join the United States Navy. That young man was my father, and these are the letters he wrote home. I'm Elaine, Ken's daughter, and this is Dear Folks. Welcome to Episode 3 of Dear Folks, Letters Home from the Navy. In Episode 2, Dad moved to Camp Dewey at Great Lakes Naval Station for boot camp. The Navy had plenty of beans on hand. Some fat boys in the company only got one meal a day until they could fit into a uniform. Dad got paid $20, but they took $12 back. He bought a pillowcase at the PX to send home. He marched with his rifle and washed so many clothes. And this Navy life wasn't exactly what he expected. In this episode, I'll update you on the news of June 1955, and then, of course, read some letters from Dad. Today's letters were sent in June 1955, so even though I've already read some letters from June, I'm going to time hop a little bit to provide a rundown of what was happening in the news in June 1955. Marilyn Monroe and her husband Joe DiMaggio attended the premiere of Billy Wilder's film The Seven-Year Itch. It featured an iconic scene in which Monroe stands on a New York City subway grating as her white dress is blown above her knees. Lady and the Tramp, Disney's 15th animated film, premiered in Chicago with Peggy Lee voicing four characters. Johnny Cash debuted his top ten country song, Cry, Cry, Cry. The Johnny Carson Show and the quiz program, The $64,000 Question, both premiered on CBS TV. The narrow-gauge Disneyland Railroad in Anaheim, California, made its first run as an attraction at the new Disneyland theme park. As part of an attempted coup against President Juan Perón, Argentine military forces bombed the Plaza de Mayo in Buenos Aires, where a large crowd was gathered to support Perón. The attack killed 364 people. Soviet armed forces shot down a United States Navy patrol plane over the Bering Strait. In a surprise move, the Soviet Union issued a statement of regret and paid half the damages, even though it was clear the American plane had violated Soviet airspace. The Eisenhower administration staged the first annual Operation Alert, or OPAL, exercise intended to assess the USA's preparations for a nuclear attack. In these drills, target cities for possible Soviet attack were identified, and local governments and the public were asked to take cover at the appointed hour and minute. Mickey Mantle hit career home run number 100. In France, 83 people were killed and at least 100 injured after two race cars collided in the 1955 24 Hours of Le Mans. The race continued without interruption. Let's read some letters. June 13, 1955. Camp Dewey, Great Lakes, Illinois. Dear folks, I got three letters today. One from you, one from Dick, and one from Lyle. I will be busy answering them all night. We get $10,000 worth of free life insurance. I named Dad as the beneficiary of this policy. I also named you, Dad, as co-owner of my bonds. They didn't even say anything about my foot. It is completely healed up. 
Yes, our training is all on land. We won't even get to see a ship while we are here unless we go up to the lakes on Liberty. The temperature here stays about 45 or 50 degrees and it is always raining. I hope it clears up so that our clothes will dry faster. We can't use clothespins. We use little ropes instead and tie all our clothes on the line. Well, only 58 days and we will all be home. I will be real happy when that day comes so I can spend two short weeks at home and do what I darn please with no one always giving orders or bawling me out. I have only seen Charlie once since we have been here and I haven't seen Howard at all. I even forget what he looks like. So the next door neighbor is a jarhead. That's what the sailors call the Marines. He'll be sorry. Be sure and send me some pictures of the coop and yourself. Right soon, love, Ken. June 18th, 1955. Camp Dewey, Great Lakes, Illinois. Dear folks and kids, I'm sorry I haven't written sooner, but I just haven't had any time at all this week. I got the letters from you yesterday, I got the deacon, and I was glad to read what was going on at home. The weather has been real nice this week. The sun is always shining and it is nice and warm. It sounds like you're really working the old homestead over. Maybe I won't recognize it when I get home. Tell Gail that I like the Navy all right and that it is better than the Air Force any day. Willard isn't sick because I see him every morning and every night. I think the reason he hasn't written is because we have been so busy the past two weeks. I got the letter from Dick and answered it. Did he get it? I also heard from Lyle, but if he joined the Navy, there is no use writing until I get his address. Boy, I hope to tell you we got quite a bit of clothes and we have had to wash every piece of it. I think there are 57 pieces altogether. I'm glad you got my clothes clean. I might not bring all of my clothes home with me after all. If I get stationed back here, I will just leave them up here and bring three uniforms home. We got all our whites and blues back from the tailor yesterday and had to wash them all today. I have three sets of blues and four sets of whites, and believe me, those whites are sure hard to keep clean. I have had a cold ever since I've been up here, but I am slowly getting rid of it. Don't worry about me. I can handle all the washing around here. Ha <laughs> ha. We are in a different camp now. All the new recruits go to Camp Barry for preparation. There, they cut off your hair, give you shots, give you a physical and dental check, and then give you your uniforms and send you into boot camp. We are in Camp Dewey. There are three different camps in the boot training area. Those are Camp Dewey, Camp Downs, and Camp Porter. By the way, how is old Dewey doing? Is he still upholding all the laws in Windsor, or did they finally get wise and fire him? I went over to Barracks 1007 and talked to Ken Hummels and all the guys who came with him. They really look funny with their hair cut off, but I suppose we looked just as bad. I told them they should have waited until I got home and I would have talked them out of it. Charlie Grice called up Jerry Roche and Roche said that we should let him know when we have liberty so he could go with us. He lives right across the tracks from our barracks. Just think, three weeks from today, I will be in Chicago. I don't know what I'll do there, but I suppose we'll find something to do. Yes, Wolf is German, and he is really a swell kid, but he gets too homesick. He is gradually getting over it. 
I went over to see Hummels a little while ago, but he was too busy washing clothes, so I didn't get to talk to him very long. The Drum and Bugle Corps is going into Chicago on the 3rd of July and into Milwaukee on the 4th, but I don't think I will get to go with them because I will be on service week. We might get Liberty on the 4th. Next week we will go firefighting. They set wooden buildings on fire and we have to go in and put them out. We will also have to go into a room with tear gas in it and take off our gas masks. The week after that, I think we have to go over to the rifle range. We have to pass this or we will get set back two or three weeks, but I'm not worried about it. You asked if we will get any training on board a ship. We are about a mile from the lake and we will have to go out on it and row a boat. The fat boys are losing a little weight. One of them weighed 245 pounds when he came in and now he weighs 230, but he still has a long way to go. I don't know if I have gained any weight as I haven't had a chance to weigh myself yet. We got our dog tags last week and should get our ID cards next week. We saw the pictures and I look like I am mad at the world. By standing on watch on the clothesline, I mean that I had to guard the clothesline so nobody would steal our clothes. I had to get up at 1 o'clock this morning and go on sentry duty over at Camp Moffat so I am pretty tired tonight. I went to Lutheran instruction last night and will go to church in the morning. I'm going to try to borrow a camera and take some pictures of myself and my buddies. If I get this done, I will send you some pictures. Has Lyle left already? I hope not because he will probably regret it like all of us did the first two weeks. I hope I can see the White Sox play at one of my liberties. Well, only 50 more days and I will graduate from this joint and will I ever be glad to do as I please for two weeks. Well, I guess I better go wash some clothes and polish my shoes so I don't have to do so much in the morning. I also have to write to Shirley. Please send me one of my graduation pictures so I can see what I look like with all of my hair. Take it easy. Love, Kenneth. June 24, 1955, Great Lakes, Illinois. Dear folks, why haven't you written? I've been expecting a letter all week, but haven't got any. I'm sorry I haven't been able to write more often, but I just don't have any time. I'm always busy. Next Thursday, we go on service week. That is, we will have to work for a whole week in a chow hall or someplace. The guys I have talked to say that you only get four or five hours of sleep a night, so I imagine I'll be pretty tired after that. Then, on the Saturday or Sunday following service week, we will get our first liberty. I think I'll go into Milwaukee with Willie and Howard and those guys. Jerry Roche said he would go with us and show us around. We get an extra liberty for being in Drum and Bugle Corps. I think I'll take that liberty the week after I get my first one. I have been really busy this week. We went through the gas chamber on Tuesday. We went in this little room filled with tear gas. At first, we had gas masks on. Then we had to take them off and stay in there for about a minute before we could come out. I'm telling you, I never shed so many tears in my whole life. Wednesday, we got our ID cards, and you ought to see my picture. We have been attending classes and marching and cleaning up the barracks all the rest of the time, so you see why I don't have too much time to write letters. 
There have been about three fights in our company this week. Two guys both have black eyes this morning because they got in a fight last night. Talk about rotten luck. The Drum and Bugle Corps are going on parades on the 3rd, 4th, and 5th of July, but I can't go along because I'll be on service week. That really makes me mad. Next Monday and Tuesday, we have classification interview to see what we have to do after we get out of boot camp. I'm pretty sure that I will either get into electronics or radar because all of my test scores have been high. I got the pictures that Dick sent and will try to send you some if I ever get any taken. It sure is good to see what you all look like. I'd almost forgotten. I'll write as soon and often as I can and you please do the same, okay? Love, Ken. Everybody breathe deeply and let's talk about going through that gas chamber. All branches of the United States Armed Forces include this exercise in their basic training. It's intended to teach recruits confidence in proper use of their equipment and is sometimes referred to as the confidence chamber. I've seen gas chamber day called the best worst day of boot camp. Recruits enter wearing their gas masks and are then ordered to remove them, usually asked to recite information for a period of time before being allowed to leave the chamber. I read quite a few accounts of Navy vets going through the gas chamber, and it's clear that for many, this is one of their most vivid memories of the boot camp experience. It's good to hear the fat boys are losing a little weight and might eventually get more than one meal a day. I'm curious just what the Navy had against clothespins, and also how on earth a person even uses ropes to attach laundry to a clothesline. I tried to find some images online that would explain this to me, but I came up empty. Attentive listeners will notice this is the second episode in which Dad has requested a picture of a car. Anybody who ever met my dad will be completely unsurprised by this, as he was always a huge car guy. That concludes this week's letters. I'll be back with episode four next week when we should hear more about Service Week. This episode was recorded during the 2020 COVID-19 outbreak when people all over the world are staying home to slow the spread of the virus. Stay home as much as you are able, be well, and think about writing a letter to someone you care about. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting directory, and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Dear Folks 1955. Images of some of the letters and related items are available on our website at www.dearfolks1955.com, and if you have questions or commentary, you can email me at dearfolks1955 at gmail.com. I'm Elaine, Ken's daughter, and I'll be reading more letters next week. Until then, I wish you fair winds and following seas, and please, write soon. Thank you.